0: Well, hello, welcome to the exam room podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening today or watching this on YouTube or Facebook. It doesn't really matter where you are. The bottom line is we appreciate you being here. Very important show today. We're going to be talking about an embarrassing problem. It's a damper on romance, but we want to bring that romance right back into your life. So we are going to be talking about erectile dysfunction. Believe it or not, this has been a heavily requested topic. So many people wanted us to cover it. So we said, well, Valentine's Day, it only makes sense. Let's talk about it. So what causes ED? Why do we have it? And what else could it be leading to? And is what we eat Affecting our performance in the bedroom? More importantly, how can a diet change bring pride back into your life and spice things up once again in the love life? Hmm? All good questions. And here with the answers will be Dr. Steve Niebuhr. I think you're actually going to be shocked by just how many people are affected by this. You are not alone if you have it. I guarantee you that. You are not alone. Really interesting conversation he and I have. Also on the show today, dietitian Lee Crosby is back. I wanted to have her on to talk about heart health overall, talking about heart disease. Why? Well, because it turns out there is a big link between cardiovascular disease and ED, a big big link big 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 enormous huge link as you will hear and and how big of a problem is heart disease we already know that it's the leading killer in the US but we wanted to quantify that so i crunched some numbers and i broke it down to how many people die from heart disease every single minute and lee and i talk about that it is on Believable, And that is a big reason why we wanted to merge these two topics together on the show today. Plus, Lee will let us know what foods we should be eating to improve our heart health, what fruits and veggies specifically can help lower blood pressure, and how we can all lower our own risk of becoming another heart attack statistic while living a longer and healthier life. All important information, but... Before we get to any of that, I wanted to let you know that today's show is sponsored by TreeLine Tree Nut Cheese, one of the leading artisanal vegan cheeses. It's available at Whole Foods, Kroger, health food stores, co-ops, and grocery stores nationwide. TreeLine cheeses are vegan, kosher, dairy-free, probiotic, and most importantly, one hundred percent free of animal suffering. It's available in aged, artisanal, and soft French-style varieties. As well as flavors such as scallion, herb, garlic, cracked pepper, chipotle, serrano—that ah, sounds good—and green peppercorn, plus the brand new premium New York style cream cheese that will start appearing on store shelves early in 2019. That's this year. You can learn more about TreeLine's mission and find yummy, delicious recipes at TreeLineCheese.com and just like this podcast it's good stuff made purely from plants now then you ready to learn put on those thinking caps it's time to take a trip into the exam room and we start today with a very special psa from dr neil barnard erectile dysfunction it's obviously very common judging by all those television commercials but guys you can stop pretending that it's caused by too many drinks or stress or performance anxiety the fact is ED is caused by narrowed arteries. That's right. Bacon, burgers, and chicken wings, they narrow your arteries, and that means not enough blood flow
1: downstairs where it counts. So, swap that limp sausage for a carrot, and
0: you'll be good to go. When it comes to ED, it's not you. It's meat. Thank you very much, Dr. Barnard. You are the man. And now... Let's go in-depth, bring some spice back into your life with Dr. Steve Niebuhr Here we go into the exam room podcast brought to you by the Physician's Committee, the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. My next guest really needs no introduction because you are... A superstar. Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm just building you up because you're oh. doing me a favor coming on the show. <laughs> Dr. Steve Niebuhr, everybody. Hello. How you doing? Man? I'm great, man. I'm so happy to be
1: back in this seat. It's been too long. I, I We were just saying, I don't even remember when I was here last. I know. You
0: walked in. You said the hot seat is cold. Yeah, it got cold. Warm it back well, up. I'm bro. trying.
1: Yeah. I mean, what happened? Uh, well, you, well, did let's you let's... have someone else here? I, i'm you did I'm didn't a, you i may
0: uh you know you know how it is <laughs> all right all yeah, right happy valentine's Day. Aww, somebody else in my life Aww. uh anyway <laughs> so uh really a really guy-centric topic today yeah. and one that really kind of it affects a lot more people than 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 we've realized yeah and i know like i don't talk about it i don't have it i will right. i will say that right. but if I did, I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> okay. You know? it's, it's like it's a hard thing to talk about, talking about erectile dysfunction. You know, it's like it's the most un-guy thing that a guy can have. That's
1: a good way to to talk – to
0: categorize it. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: And just, just so we're clear, the ladies can listen also if they want. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And children, <laughs> I mean – do kids listen to this show? I, I'm i unaware okay. of any, but you never know if all somebody's right. taking them to school or something. Yeah. Like
1: Should we put out like a little warning just in case? It's it's not going to be a gross show. It's just talking about things that adults talk
0: about. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I right? This episode is clearly labeled on on the iPhone or whatever yeah. device you have as erectile dysfunction. Okay, I'm not sure that another disclaimer is warranted. Okay, all right. You know, listen but what if to they're just risk. what
1: if they're just scrolling through and you know you hit the next podcast as you're driving or something and the kids are in the back.
0: Well, kids got to learn it. Some it point, I mean, it is—it's human anatomy. It's it natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. got to learn about yeah. the birds and the bees at some point. All right, all right. Uh, so let's let's learn about those old birds and bees, man. Yeah. Uh, erectile dysfunction. Let's start with the functional part. And uh, I always like it when you come on because we really dive into the nitty gritty of things. Yeah, yeah. Arousal. What is it? <laughs> really? I mean, I know what happens. I know what yeah. it is. But really, what is it?
1: Yeah. That. Great place to start. Look at you. You're turning red already. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. You're totally turning red already. (laughs) I was just thinking back to to high school uh, sex ed class and how everyone would just kind of sit there and giggle a little bit. It's also a little warm in here. It is. It is. is. (laughs) All right. No, we're going to keep it serious. No. No, we're not. not. I know. I know. Uh, Arousal. Arousal is a mental and a physical thing, right?
0: Uh, Yeah. It is.
1: I mean, if you're listening to some boring topic, you're probably not going to get. Some arousal going on, right? Never
0: really happened in math
1: class. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So we can all think of boring things that are clearly not going to cause it, but then there are things that we know will cause it, right? Right. You know, probably don't need to give examples of those. Everybody's got their thing. And
0: it's different for everybody anyway.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Clearly. Um, so you got to have the the mental aspect of it, too. Right. And actually, on that note, I just want to say, sometimes people come to me and they claim, you know, I'm having some erectile issues, and we say, well... Do you do you have the arousal part of it? Like, do you are you in the mood to do things? And if they say no, we kind of stop there and say, well, if you're not in the mood, it's not going to happen, mm. all right? So I just want to kind of put that out there. So it's a physical thing, it's a blood flow thing, yeah. and it's also a mental thing. So first off, we got to have the mood, right? You got yep. to have the the lighting and all that stuff. <laughs> the candles. No, the candles. Yeah, yeah. So you you have to want to to get into that mood. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then you need the physical aspect of it, and that's where I think. Well, I was going to say that's where the fun is. But, that, you know, I meant the physical, like, how the body works is right. being the fun of it. Right. Um, your, your brain sends basically what amounts to signals down the nerves to try to increase blood flow through the penis. Mm-hmm. Right? We have uh, what amounts to, like, almost like sponges inside the penis. I'm going to use some weird analogies
0: today, I think. Uh, I, uh, in my 36 years on this earth, I never knew that. But think of what a sponge does. Soaks right? things Soaks up. Soaks stuff up, Right. right. And so when
1: the, the penis becomes erect, it's actually filling with blood. And that's what keeps it kind of firm and able to do what it potentially needs to do. And so when that happens, you're actually, you're increasing blood flow to the penis. And the blood is staying in there and it's filling up these sponges. They're called the corpus cavernosa or corpus cavernosum. It's a singular term. But basically, think of it as sponges inside the penis. So they fill up with blood and then kind of like the door's shut, you know. It'd be like blowing up a balloon and then tying it.
0: Locks it, it in.
1: Locks it in, right? Sustained. Got exactly. You. And so the blood stays in there for as long as it needs to. You don't want to keep it in there too long. Think of those commercials you've heard, right?
0: Four hours and you're in trouble. Yeah. I think that that's the cutoff point, right?
1: Yeah, generally. Yeah. Because yeah. if it stays in there too long, then you're you're not getting circulation there, uh, huh. which you need, obviously, course, right? Yes. So then it's a problem. you got to go into the hospital and... Oh, let's not go down that road. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, no, you, no. you got to kind of no. break the doors open at that point. I'm not ready for that discussion, Steve. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so your your brain tells the uh, penis, "Hey, get ready." You basically increase blood flow and uh, close the doors and. And that's it. I've, I've very much simplified that topic, but there's some chemical mediators and things in the bloodstream that help improve uh, blood flow through there, help keep blood flow there. Uh, and I think we're going to get to that in a minute or so. We probably, will. Right? All
0: right. So we, we know what it is. We know how it's supposed to work. Yeah. but Then where does a problem come in? So like what then would cause erectile dysfunction?
1: Yeah, well, so one could be the emotional aspect of it, like we said, desire issues. Um, but potentially more commonly would actually be blood flow issues. So if you're trying to fill up the penis with blood, but you can't get enough blood in there, or you can't keep the blood in there, that's going to be a problem. So I want you to think of it like like plumbing, like, right. the, like the pipes in your house. Um, let's say we always use, like to use the, uh, the sink example, right? So let's say you're trying to fill up your sink to wash some dishes or do something like that. And the, the faucet is really narrow, like a really small flow is coming through the faucet. It's going to take a really long time to fill up that sink. Right. Um, and so a similar thing happens with the penis. If the blood vessels are narrow, it's going to take a long time or potentially too long where it'll even be effective or where it won't be effective, I should say. Uh, and the penis won't be able to fill up with blood or won't be able to keep the blood in there. Mm. And so you're wondering, how does that happen? Right? Yeah. Well, think of where else you hear about blood flow issues. The heart. In the heart. right, yeah. exactly. So if you're not getting enough blood flow through the heart, people tend to experience chest pain, right? Because your heart's a muscle. It's trying to pump blood. It's trying to keep oxygen flowing through your body. It's also trying to supply blood to itself to keep oxygen going into itself. And so if you're not getting enough blood flow into the heart, it becomes painful. And in the same way, when you're exercising a lot, let's say you're you're trying to run as fast as you can, If you've gone past the point where you can get enough oxygen into the muscles in your leg, your legs are going to start burning, right? right? You start building up that lactic acid in there. And so same thing happens in the heart. You get chest pain. It happens in the penis where you don't get enough blood. You don't really get pain there. You just don't get the quality erection that you're looking for.
0: Such a simple answer for such a complicated
1: (laughs) problem, man. It's kind of a roundabout answer, but...
0: uh, so yeah. blockages yeah I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes down to and it yeah. makes sense you're talking about <laughs> the sink analogy is so good you know if it's a narrow faucet Trip, right. trip, trip. it's going to take a long time yeah. for that sink to fill up right.
1: right you don't have
0: all day you really don't not usually yeah, yeah. um so we're talking about blockages everywhere. Then I would imagine that ED and heart disease kind of go hand in hand a little bit. Huh?
1: Yeah, such a good point. That's a, a fantastic point because one of the one of the markers of heart disease in, let's say, a younger guy is actually erectile issues. So if you're a guy in your 30s or 40s, you might still be able to go out and go for a run, go to the gym and work out. But if you're having erectile issues, that could mean that there's actually uh, cholesterol and plaque building up in the heart, which is not a good thing, right? Ooh. So it could be like a, a warning sign warning flag going up right or not going up so uh, sorry
0: <laughs> I, I got you i raising the flag i got yeah, it, man. Yeah. um so if 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 the artery that is blocked mm-hmm. is closer to the heart right are there arteries closer to the the penis yes vein? okay there's the penile artery Th- that's a thing that is a Th- thing the penile, i guess yes it makes sir sense if, if you need so much down there yeah um but if if it's not the penile artery that's clogged, mm-hmm. I mean, the person can still have ED because there's blockages elsewhere in the body?
1: Yeah, so th- don't think of it specifically as blockages because if the blood flow is completely cut off, it it's nothing. Clogging. Right. So it's like a narrowing. Narrowing. Going there back go. to the sink, your sink is draining or the water's coming out the faucet, it's just not the flow that you right, want. Right. Right. right? Interesting. Um and and um, the arteries in your heart are actually much bigger than the arteries in your penis. Right. So if you're going to add a little bit of blockage or narrowing somewhere, you're going to get the effect sooner with the smaller arteries, right? Because there's less room sure. for blockages it or for narrowing. Sense. Makes sense. So you'll feel it or you'll realize it in the penis before you realize it with the heart. I think a lot of
0: people honestly don't realize it, uh, that it is more than just the arteries around the heart that become... Narrowed. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about cardiovascular issues, yeah. I really didn't realize that honestly until just a couple of years ago. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm into my 30s at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, cholesterol doesn't care. Somebody's going to make a meme about that, I'm sure, right? (laughs) But cholesterol doesn't care. You're going to make the meme? Okay. (laughs) But uh, no, it goes everywhere. Everywhere blood flows, you get cholesterol, right? If you're eating high-fat foods, high-cholesterol foods, um, you eat cholesterol. It goes into your bloodstream. It travels throughout your body, and it potentially gets deposited everywhere, whether it's your heart, your penis, your brain, your liver. uh, I mean, literally everywhere. We just realize it. Um, in those certain spots, because that's where we have where it has the biggest effect. So like we talked about the chest pain or the erectile dysfunction or or potentially
0: dementia, vascular, you know, brain vascular problems. Yeah. Riddle me this, Batman. Yes, sir. What happens to blood pressure and heart rate? Is that affected yeah. at all when somebody has those narrowings and they start to get aroused?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you narrow a pipe, the pressure tends to go up to try to get the fluid through the pipe. So if the pipe is your artery, your heart tends to increase output to try to force the blood in.
0: Right. So.
1: So yeah, blood pressure does tend to go up.
0: Yeah, I have heard of cases. Maybe then you know where people will be in in the midst, in the throes of passion, uh, as it were, uh, and and they go out that way. They they have a cardiac event right yeah. then and there, and off they go. Yeah, I mean it's a. It's a
1: heavy intensity exercise a lot it of the time, you know.
0: It could be uh, perhaps
1: akin to running or lifting weights. Mm. So the same way somebody could have a heart attack going out for a run or at the gym, which we hear about from time to time, same thing could happen in the bedroom.
0: Yeah. Don't don't ask me to quote the numbers, but I did a, a segment uh, on the local ABC affiliate a couple years ago for Valentine's Day okay. where I talked about just how many calories are burned yeah. in the bedroom. Yeah, and it really is. It's like going to the gym, only a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, I I guess it depends. It depends on the person and it depends on the, the gym routine and
0: stamina, Steve. I
1: guess so. Stamina. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: So. To counter that, the yep. first thing the majority of people will turn to if they have ED, if they can suck it up and they can you know, just kind of check their macho pride, yep. go talk to the doctor Correct. about it. The doctor's going to write them a prescription for Viagra, for Cialis, something like that. How do those medications work?
1: Well, let me get to that in a sec. First, they're going to examine the patient and see what's going on, right? If they determine that those prescriptions are warranted, Spoken then they the will do dog. it, right? They, we don't just say, oh, what's the problem? All right, I here's just, your I prescription. Just right to the chase. I know, man. right? Give me some credit. Come on. Okay, we still examine right. people. You still you still need an exam. It is the exam room. Uh, you know, we got to make sure that it's an actual blood flow issue. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes. Sometimes we send people for therapy if it's a if it's more of a mental issue and the downstairs plumbing's working okay. If appropriate. But yes, if appropriate, correct. We will send them uh we'll give them a prescription for something like Viagra or Cialis. Um, and those are the short answer is they increase blood flow. Okay. Uh what they're actually what what they actually do, they're enzyme inhibitors. But you never thought of it that way. No. Right? No. Nope. So they're they're technically what we call phosphodiesterase five inhibitors. Five. Yeah, it's, the, no, it's one of the one of the phosphodiesterases. Do they sure with the Jacksons? I don't know if they considered that. Oh. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But so anything, if you remember back to high school biology, anything that ends in ACE is an enzyme. Do you remember that? Bro, I cut so much off. <laughs> I don't know what you were doing.
0: I, I Some of us were day. paying
1: attention in biology class.
0: Yeah, well, wasn't this
1: guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so an enzyme. An enzyme makes a uh, reaction easier to happen. Yeah. So there's this phosphodiesterase. Basically, that helps break down another molecule that... Um, improves blood flow, so to speak. So now you're, uh, or sorry, decreases blood flow. So you're preventing an enzyme from working that decreases blood flow. It's this whole kind of backwards thing. So by preventing things from being broken down, they become made, or or they make more of them. Your body makes more of it. Right, right, right. Um, So like we were saying before, your brain is sending a signal to your penis saying, hey, it's time to go. Let's increase blood flow here. Um, something called nitric oxide will flow through your blood a little bit more nitric oxide. nitric, it, nitric it, oxide is the strongest vasodilator oh, in your n- body not nitrous oxide. not nitrous was like, is that the stuff from what? fast and the furious yeah, man yeah. i was like wow okay no okay nitric <laughs> nitric oxide Got it's just it. no it's one nitrogen and one oxygen hmm. bound okay. together okay in eternal love <laughs> <laughs> so so that increases blood flow uh in the penis but it 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 can be broken down. It doesn't live very long in the body. I say live. It's not actually alive. It's a molecule, right? But you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. Uh, you. So you want this to kind of stick around and and help with opening up blood flow, Um, and so this this the medication helps prevent, indirectly helps prevent that from being broken down through a series of other what we call like. Uh, transmitter molecules and such. It's a, it, there's a there's a pathway that okay. you can find. Okay. Yeah.
0: What about uh, some other medications? You know, a lot of people with ED scratch the surface on this already. Maybe yeah. have high cholesterol. Maybe yeah. have high blood pressure. They're on medications for those. Yeah. Are will those help or hinder erectile dysfunction?
1: Uh, So either way, it depends on the medication. Okay, Um, We'll start with blood pressure medications. Uh, Really, every blood pressure medication can cause some degree of erectile dysfunction, Um, no matter what it is. Different blood pressure medications work in different ways. Um, But if you think of what we said before, right, if the blood vessels are narrow and your heart's trying to increase blood flow to force blood in there, then what are you doing with the blood pressure medication? You're trying to do the opposite, right? Right. So you're trying to decrease blood flow. You're trying to relax uh, the blood vessels, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not the same as relaxing the blood vessels in the penis.
0: Mm. <laughs> is that dangerous to mix the two?
1: Depends on what it is. There are some. Uh, if they're uh, like nitrogen-based, so if they work in a similar way to Viagra, then, yeah, that can be dangerous to mix it.
0: What about cholesterol drugs like statins?
1: Uh, there's not really, I, I don't think statins really cause erectile dysfunction. Um, I, I'm not aware of any, you know, maybe, maybe a few rare cases, but, uh, that's not a common side effect of, of statins.
0: All right. I think I can hazard a guess. Okay. At, at my next question and answer for this, but as the doctor, I wanted to see what you have to say All about right. this. All right. How does somebody on the Atkins diet? How is their risk for having problems in the bedroom? Oh, man.
1: You're going to make some people mad with this answer here.
0: Uh, that's not my job. My uh, job is just to ask questions.
1: Um, you know, some people feel very passionately about the Atkins diet, about keto diet, about paleo diet. They're entitled. Um, let's, uh, let me just put it this way. If you're eating a diet that's, that's high in meat, a diet that's high in saturated fat, we know that those types of diets contribute to dietary cholesterol, And we know that cholesterol leads to uh, cardiovascular disease. So, you know, I won't specifically blame the diet, but what you're eating can decrease blood flow to those vital areas. Mm. So there I'm blaming the diet.
0: uh, There was a case study, uh, actually, that uh, our colleagues put out. Um, I can't remember when it was, but I know it was published in the Journal of uh, the American Dietetic Association. Mm -hmm. Studied a 51-year-old guy, Otherwise healthy, uh, but he had developed col- uh, high cholesterol, atherosclerosis, yeah. ED. Only after going on the Atkins diet, yeah. Eventually, uh, within a month, within a month, uh, his bad cholesterol had jumped like from eighty-five to one hundred and fifty-four, according to what was published here, and he then wound up in the emergency room with chest pain caused by, get this, a near total blockage of a coronary artery. Hmm. So it doesn't sound like he was on that Atkins diet for very long. I don't...
1: No, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, I don't know that that blockage built up in just a month, but it certainly wasn't helped by the diet.
0: Well, get this. According to the case study, the same 51-year-old man, two months after discontinuing the Atkins diet, his health problems were resolved. Resolved. Showed... no, no cardiac disease after after the scans. So a uh, study of one, a case study. A yeah. case study. It's but an still it's study. fairly
1: convincing, mm-hmm. don't right. you think?
0: It, it is convincing. Obviously, more study is needed. Sure. But, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting you, stuff.
1: You know, whenever you have a case study, you can't say, "Well, it's valid for the whole society." No. But I mean, the guy wasn't doing well. No. And then he changed diet, started doing better, and we know from larger studies, uh, going as large as even the China study, where they looked at you know close to a billion people that diet really does make a big difference yeah it makes a difference in heart health it makes a difference in cancer risk stroke even uh, erectile function
0: mm. uh,
1: i don't know if they actually mentioned that in china study but you uh, have to go back and re-read really have it. To look it up yeah. right
0: uh what about diabetes is there a link between ed and, and diabetes oh for sure okay. yeah
1: yeah so diabetes is a chronic inflammatory disease um you know, more type 2 diabetes is a lot more common than type 1. Uh, so we send, tend to see more people with erectile issues with type 2 diabetes just because it's a lot more common, obviously. Um, if diabetes is well controlled, so if you're keeping your sugars totally normal, you should basically be able to live a normal life like, like anybody else. Um, when the sugar is uncontrolled, so when it goes up high, Uh, It often goes along with high blood pressure, goes along with heart disease, and that's when you run into the same issues. You can run into erectile dysfunction issues. Hmm. Um, You know, it's the the sugar coursing through your your veins and your arteries. uh, You need a little bit of sugar, obviously, to keep you alive, but too much of it acts almost like a poison. damages the blood vessels uh, and just creates inflammation in the vessels.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Same for uh, type 1 and type 2 diabetics.
1: Yeah, because if the sugar is running high, you get damage either way. Um, The difference is it's what's causing the resistance. Uh, So in type 1, your body's not making enough insulin. Your pancreas, uh, the the cells are just not working well enough. Type 2, you have resistance to the insulin. So your pancreas oftentimes is actually working overtime. It's making even more insulin. Um, But because of uh, typically a fat buildup inside the cells, the insulin is just not able to work as
0: efficiently and effectively as it should. So what about natural sugars like fruit? What's, what's the effect there on, on ED? Um, I,
1: I'm, I'm not aware of any studies showing fruit leads to erectile dysfunction.
0: Can it help prevent? That's the bigger question. Yeah, that's a great question. I would think so.
1: Yeah. So I believe there is a study, right? Didn't there they look at this? Indeed. You tell me, Chuck. But so basically the, the result was that the, the antioxidants and the, the high-fiber diet and everything – mixed together help with erectile function I mean you're, you're you're lowering your cholesterol in your blood you're improving your blood pressure're you improving yep. blood flow um, yep. and you get all those healthy antioxidants
0: vitamins and minerals and all that good stuff did I get it right turn to my notes here all right uh, a study published in the American Journal of clinical nutrition here uh, found that adding more fruit to your diet reduces your risk for erectile dysfunction researchers followed the diets of 25,000 thousand ninety six men that 's way more than just the one case study yeah, yeah. twenty five thousand and ninety six men as part of the health professionals follow up study monitored for incidence of erectile dysfunction all right here here's the uh, nuts and bolts of it participants with the highest intakes of uh Flavones Flavons? Flav- Flavonoids Flavonoids We'll okay. go with those Phytonutrients All that good stuff Found in fruit Lowered their risk For erectile dysfunction By 14% When compared to those Who consume the least That's pretty good So common sources Of flavonoids uh, They include uh, Some of my favorites Strawberries yep. Apples Blueberries And citrus fruits. All right. So what the researchers then, uh, all those guys, 25,000 and about 100 diets they they poured over, uh, they suspect then that a diet rich in fruits coupled with, and this is the important caveat, other healthful lifestyle factors aids in the prevention and early treatment of cardiovascular disease and erectile dysfunction. There you go. Eat your fruits. And your vegetables? Don't be afraid to eat fruit. Fruit gets such a bad rap, man. It
1: does, yeah. You know, I see people all the time that are scared to eat fruit because they've been diagnosed with diabetes. Yeah. And I always say, if you find a study that shows somebody was diagnosed with diabetes because they ate fruit, you let me know. Do you know? Or that? I will write it up. I'll, if somebody comes in and says I got fruit from, or I got diabetes from fruit, I will write that up and send it into whatever journal uh, I can get it into.
0: Do you know uh, Robbie and Cyrus from Mastering Diabetes? Yep,
1: great guys. Hi guys,
0: they, I'm giving they, them a shout out. Oh, they are the best. All right. they are the best. I had them on the show not long ago, and I, I mean, they truly have master diabetes. Yeah, and yeah. they love fruit. <laughs> I mean, love fruit. Oh yeah. I mean, they they travel with like giant boxes on on airplanes. Planes. oh man it's, have you seen that you gotta follow robbie on instagram I, it is I, it is the most beautiful I, fruit I, spread you have ever yeah. seen in your entire yeah life.
1: yeah and every time i see robbie he always has a beautiful fruit spread it's unbelievable i'm sure he's like laughing right now listening yeah. to this
0: i mean <laughs> the, the, the dude loves mangoes like nobody else he
1: does he, and i love mangoes. mangoes
0: what's not to love about i know
1: like they're that? so good it's like candy What's it it really true? is, right? I mean, yeah. No, but it really is like candy. It is. I always say, I tell my patients, I'm like, if you have a sweet tooth, eat fruit. Yeah, seriously, I eat, I eat so many melons and fruits and berries, and I love it. It keeps you
0: hydrated, too, because of the water content. Yeah, it's delicious. I know. It is. What? I, I wish, well? How come we don't have a fruit spread? You got I this. You're tempting should. me here with these fruits. Right, go across the hall, get all the right. old company credit card from Daniel. <laughs> all right. And then go down to Rodman's. Sounds come good. Come back with a heck of a platter. There we go. Yep, all, all right. 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 Uh, let's, let's turn back to it uh, before we wrap up. All right. Uh, so we talked a little bit about fruit just then, but overall. Yeah. What is the effect of a plant-based diet on erectile dysfunction? Again, hazarding a gas based yep. off of everything that yep. I've learned from doing this show yep. since its inception, I would say it has a positive effect.
1: Uh, yeah, I would say you're right. Yeah. I mean, the, the diet is everything. I mean, it's, it's really the key. You know, you're, you're not just doing it for erectile dysfunction. You're doing it for overall health. Mm-hmm. So if you're improving your blood flow, you're lowering your risk for heart disease, you're lowering your risk for stroke, you're lowering your risk for cancer. You're increasing blood flow throughout your body. You're bringing oxygen into your, your organs, perfusing your muscles, uh, and you're also getting rid of waste. So, all the, the products of metabolism that build up, all the old cells that aren't being used anymore that need to get flushed out, even cells that are damaged, even what we would sometimes call like precancerous cells, you don't want those things sticking around. You want to get rid of them, right? For sure. So, you need good blood flow to get rid of them. It's going back to that kitchen analogy again. You need a good working faucet and you need a good working drain. Right? And our bodies are the same way.
0: <laughs> you Almost like that? back to the kitchen sink, man. <laughs> it is. You know, always, it is. yeah. Um, so here's the deal. We're going to put up a bunch of links to some studies specifically on plant-based diets and erectile dysfunction on pcrm.org slash podcast. One particular study uh, was published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine, mm. so you know that that's right on point. Um, it said that screening men with ED for heart disease could help prevent a million heart attacks yeah. or strokes over the next 20 years and... Save a billion dollars.
1: Yeah, and it's true. I it, that's a that's a crazy amount of money. Dude, I mean, a I, billion. I can even tell you from personal experience. I had a patient uh, at some point in the last couple months who uh, I'd only seen him once, and this is kind of after the fact. But he had told me uh, just prior to seeing me, he would had a heart attack. Mm. And he told me he had been complaining to his doctor of erectile dysfunction for at least a year or two leading up to that heart attack. And he said, doctor basically brushed it off and said, oh, it's just, you know, it's just something that happens. Here's some Viagra. And then he said, looking back, that was the, that was the warning flag, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he was a little bit annoyed that his doctor hadn't talked to him more about it and done some more investigation. Man. I think he was in his, maybe his mid to late forties or so. So kind of a young guy. Yeah. Where you wouldn't think, okay, this guy's going to have a heart attack. Yeah. But like we just talked about, that's a that's a risk factor.
0: It's happening more and more. Yeah, you know, we hear about these heart diseases. It was on a show at some point. Somebody was talking about heart disease and and, and narrowing of arteries and and plaques and things like that in mm-hmm. infants, still in the womb. Even yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean that that is insane.
1: Yeah, I mean, me. uh, baby, you're you're kind of sharing blood with the mother yeah you know i mean it's not directly it doesn't flow from the mother's artery right into the baby it goes through the placenta and there's filtering and all that um but you know the cholesterol can pass through they've shown that can pass from the mother into the baby so if the mother's eating a high fat high cholesterol diet it's going to make its way into the the fetus and so you know fetus isn't going to have a heart attack but that cholesterol you're kind of laying the groundwork you know yeah yeah and why why put that on a unborn fetus that can't
0: even choose what to eat. It's crazy time, man. Yeah. The science behind it, I'm not going to lie to you, it was fascinating. Yeah. But, I mean, it's really... Just, oh, it's amazing. For the kid, too. Right, right. Uh, Anyway, uh, on a more positive note, thank you. Oh, Uh, anytime. Congratulations. You just uh, graduated from what, the uh, College of Lifestyle Medicine?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I got my degree. Yeah. Uh, No, I took their board exam. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Certification. Right, right. Graduated. I'm uh, now a uh, diplomat. Can I get the plates? A diplomat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, a diplomat. Does that of, give you immunity to everything? I guess so. I can
1: park wherever I want. Run a park in uh, I don't know tow zones and bike lanes and all that shenanigans with Steve. Can we get somebody soon
0: to iTunes?
1: Somebody else is going to get mad at me and say diplomats don't do that. <laughs> yes. Everyone does it. It's DC. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yes, thank you. I, that was back in uh, in Recent October. Mm-hmm. I think it was around Halloween time or something.
0: It's been a while since you've been here, my yeah. friend.
1: Great conference, by the way. Mm-hmm was out there in Indianapolis.
0: Great city. Yeah, Got some buddies yeah. out, out there. Indianapolis? Really? Yeah. Oh, I've never been. This was nice. Yeah. More than just the Colts and <laughs> a racetrack?
1: I guess so. Okay. I, I mean, I was in the conference center for most of it, but I did get out a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good deals. All right. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So, here's the deal. If you are in the D.C. area, Steve is available for consultations. Dr. niebuhr here. Uh, yes. Uh, so, check him out. BarnardMedical.org or... Pick up the ye old phone, dial this one, 202-527-7500, 202-527-7500. He'd like to see you. Yeah. And he's daggone good at what he does. Ah, uh, stop. Ah, you yeah. <laughs> are. You uh. are. So uh, anyway, uh, Dr. Niebuhr, thank yes, you sir. very much for your time. Yeah. I appreciate it. I feel uh, a little bit older, a little bit wiser, and... Uh, yeah, we're, we're about, what, like half hour older? Yeah, we are. Yeah, It's time we'll never get back, I, but nope. time
1: well spent nonetheless. True. Thank you for having me. You are welcome.
0: Dr. Steve Niebuhr, everybody. Interesting information there. Always is when he's on the show. I love the way that he explains things. We're going to hear more about the link between ED and heart disease when I talk to Lee in just a minute. But wasn't it interesting to hear about the link between ED and diabetes? I never really put two and two together there, but that link, it definitely makes sense. If you haven't already done so, I want you to take a second, if you would be so kind, and subscribe to the Exam Room by the Physicians Committee. It is a free podcast, after all. It costs you nothing. It's available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Lots of great content, lots of great information on there, lots of inspiration, new topics every single week. Matter of fact, I'm really proud of a show that we have coming up very soon. It's a show on food addiction. And that is a big one for me. I'm going to sit down with Dr. Barnard to talk about how food addiction nearly cost me my life. I ballooned up to 420 pounds. Keep in mind, I'm 5'5 five five on a good day, on a good day, 420 pounds. And I literally could not go a single day without dropping $20 or more at the Taco Bell drive-thru. I just couldn't do it. And keep in mind that I was working at the time at another Mexican restaurant. I had ample access to burritos and nachos and tacos, all the Mexican fare. But there was just something about running for the border and, and having fourth meal every single night, sometimes twice. And if I didn't get my fix, I would go into a withdrawal. That's food addiction. That is food addiction. My body would start to detox and it was not a pretty situation. I would curl up in the corner. I would start to get these cold sweats. I would feel sick all over and then I would get filled with rage, the worst kind of rage. And it was because I was addicted to food. So you're going to want to subscribe to the show to make sure that you don't miss that episode. It's available at Apple Podcast, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Just look for the exam room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Go ahead and subscribe. New episodes every single week. That one in particular coming up very, very soon. And before we continue on with today's show and bring on Lee Crosby, I wanted to remind you that that segment will be brought to you by Treeline Tree Nut Cheese, maker of soft, spreadable French-style cheeses, premium New York-style cream cheeses, and tangy, aged, artisanal cheeses that you can slice or grate. Treeline vegan cheese is made from cashews and cultured and aged to perfection. Plus, it's free from dairy, gluten, soy, and added oils. That's a big one. And it's kosher, too. Treeline tree nut cheese, it's available at Whole Foods, Kroger, and health food stores, plus co-ops and other grocery stores nationwide. To learn more, just head on over to treelinecheese.com. All right. You're ready to learn some more time to step back into the exam room. We're about to learn how food can be the best medicine for the heart and one of the most toxic substances at the same time. It just depends on what's on your plate. Next up in the exam room, brought to you by the Physicians Committee, is the one and only from upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center, nutritionist extraordinaire. She is uh, becoming quite famous, as a matter of fact. Lee Crosby, welcome back to the program.
2: <laughs> I don't know
0: if I'd call it famous, Chuck. I like your honesty. <laughs> I deplore it at the same time. Uh, but you have gotten recognized like at conferences as well. I have, yeah. That was pretty wild, actually. Yeah. I
2: had a, was actually a student came up and wanted to get his picture with me. I'm like, well, why?
0: Yeah. Podcast. Do not sell yourself Who knew? Short. Oh, who you knew? Are fantastic. Yeah, you are something like that. For the world. That's right. Who <laughs> One runs the bite world? at a time. Who runs the world? <laughs> Lee. Uh, anyway, so uh, today we have uh, been discussing erectile dysfunction with Doctor Niebuhr. and as he and I glanced on, I mean, a lot of that is tied into heart disease. It is, and that is why you are here. As, Correct. You know, Valentine's Day, heart, heart health. It yeah. all seems to make sense to me. Sure does. What is the link there? Let's, let's dive a little bit deeper.
2: All right. So erectile dysfunction and heart disease, really, ED, as it's also known, is something of a canary in the coal mine. So they actually, there was a study published by researchers at the Johns Hopkins University in 2018. And what they did was they followed men over about a four-year period. They looked at men with erectile dysfunction, and they found that they were more than twice as likely to have a serious cardiovascular mm. event I'm doing air quotes for you folks over mm-hmm. the over the airwaves here, as men without erectile dysfunction. So basically what that's saying is people who have men who have E D are much more likely to have a serious event. And that we're talking about heart attack, cardiac arrest, sudden cardiac death, or stroke. So basically they're saying if you have ED, you're at much higher risk for these other things, in part because they are basically It's something of the same process that leads to ED that also causes heart disease.
0: I'm not a fan of any of those options. No, they really don't sound good. Uh, No. No. I can think of better ways to spend my time than dealing with heart attacks. Yeah, ditto. Sudden cardiac death, definitely better than death. Yes. (laughs) Um, But so in all seriousness, though, I mean, heart disease, that is the leading killer in the U.S., uh, maybe global, I, I'm not too familiar with the global statistics, but I know specifically here in the U.S., I mean, we are talking about a lot of people have heart disease. Oh,
2: yeah. No, we're talking about, and this, these numbers are, as of 2016, 28.1 million adults, that's 11.5% of the population were diagnosed, that's diagnosed with heart disease in the United States. It's more than one out of 10. Yeah. And again, those are the people that know they have a problem. That includes coronary heart disease, um, angina, which is chest pain upon any kind of exertion, heart attack, or basically any other heart condition. So just
0: the heart disease part. So think about that, right? 11%. So if you're hearing this and you're driving or you're riding the train, you're commuting to work, even if you're just out taking a walk, odds are you've encountered far more than 10 people. And you know daggone well then, based off of those statistics, at least one of them has heart disease. That is uncanny to me. Yeah, that's
2: a little scary. Actually, I'm thinking about just you know driving on the beltway and you look around and you're right. Ten cars is just nothing, and at least one of those people, yeah. the odds would have it, has heart disease. Yeah, right think there. About how many yeah. people, honestly,
0: over the course of the day you encounter? Yeah. Hundreds. Scary. Hundreds if not a thousand. That's a lot.
2: Yeah. Also scary. I want to say that we know that it's the number one. Most people think of heart disease as sort of a men's health issue, mm-hmm. and it is the number one killer of men in the United States. It's also the number one killer of women. In the United States and scary fact that I actually looked up is that according to the CDC the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention two-thirds of women who die suddenly from heart disease have no previous symptoms so their first symptom of heart disease could be a heart attack so that's that's a that's a wake-up call to women as well as men to make sure that they are taking measures to protect
0: their heart so let's let's think about this heart disease Is the CDC, you were kind enough to share some statistics with me, accounts for nearly one out of every four deaths in the country. Yep. That's that's more than cancer.
2: It is more than cancer. Yeah, people don't think about that, and they think, oh, well, no big deal. I'll just have a heart attack in my sleep, and I'll go. And, like, hey, there are worse ways to go. Um, Unfortunately, a lot of these are heart attacks that then lead to things like heart failure, which is not optimal. We'll just say that. Um, not not great, no. and again, also this is taking people too young as well.
0: Right, and yeah. you, silly me. I mean, I, I'd love to crunch numbers and wish it was on a happier topic. So, according to those same CDC statistics, six hundred thirty-five thousand two hundred sixty people died from heart disease-related ailments in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Breaking that down, seventeen hundred and forty every day. Yep. One point two every minute.
2: That's a lot of loved ones. A being lot. taken before their time. Yeah. A lot. Yep.
0: Unbelievable. Yep. Um, and uh, heart disease. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. Tied into high blood pressure, right? Hypertension. That's one of the. Absolutely, the things. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Uh, yep.
0: w- what happened then? I think that the American Heart Association, they changed the guidelines for blood pressure and what constitutes high blood pressure.
2: They did. Yeah, they did. So, and actually, there was a new study published by the American Heart Association in January of this year that showed that because they changed those guidelines, which basically said that, hey, it used to be that high blood pressure, the cutoff was 140 over 90. Mm-hmm. It's now 130 over over 80, that's systolic over your diastolic number. And by those numbers, almost half of Americans have some form of heart or blood vessel disease because of that, because hypertension or high blood pressure is an indicator of blood vessel problems. Wow. Yeah, it's really scary stuff. Half. Wow,
0: that blows one out of 10 out of the water.
2: Yeah, but also when you think about what most Americans are eating, it's actually not as
0: surprising No. no. Yeah, Uh, I know. We're going to come back to blood pressure. I want to ask you about that a little bit later in the show. Maybe we can touch on some foods. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: come on. I mean,
0: that's your wheelhouse. This is my jam. (laughs) I'm guessing that fiber is going to factor in there somewhere. Um, No. (laughs) So heart disease, 11%. The total cost of that, we hear a lot about the cost of healthcare in this country yep. being just enormous. Yep. And it clearly is. If you've spent any time in the hospital or the doctor's office, you know when you get that bill, oh, even, boy. even with insurance, oh, it's, yeah. it's like your eyes will pop out of your head. Yep. What is the total cost here that we're talking about?
2: Insane. That's the technical term. But in terms of actual... (laughs) how many zeros is (laughs) that? A lot. Um, $219 billion Mm -hmm. annually. So that's, again, according to estimates by the American Heart Association, heart attacks and heart disease are two of the top 10 most expensive conditions treated in hospitals. And just to put some dollar signs on some of these common procedures, coronary artery bypass graft surgery. That's a big, long way to say bypass surgery, which most people have heard of. So basically, if an artery that feeds the heart is diseased, they will go and take a vein from somewhere else in your body and sew a little workaround onto your heart. That is incredibly expensive. They have, um, I believe this was the American Heart Association that did an estimate that the out-of-pocket average cost for U.S. hospitals providing that service, $151,000 for that Glory. bypass surgery. Um, the And that's, again, that would be out of pocket if right. someone didn't have insurance. The healthcare blue book cost in the D.C. area was a mere $43,000 with with what insurance would pay. So that would be the insurance payments. Insurance would pay forty-four, forty-three
0: right. thousand dollars Let that's me, just, let a me huge, just stop you. That, yeah. That's crazy to me because... You hear about so many people having bypass surgery. I have oh, yeah. a lot of people in my life who have had bypass like surgery. Like it's nothing. Right. We don't think much about it now. $43,000.
2: $43,000. That's what health insurance companies will pay. Forty 43- three. Yeah. Average in the or I that's what they consider a fair price in the DC area. Let's just put a a, a couple of like comparison points to that. That's a college degree at a state school. Yeah. Uh huh. That is a really nice car. Uh huh. Um, let me see. Oh, and I did calculate this. That's seventeen thousand bunches of kale that could have been used to help prevent heart disease. Wow.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of kale.
2: <laughs> that's dietitian math Good. right there. Yep. Man. And that doesn't even count the add-on costs of things like statin and high blood pressure medications. I mean, that's just the procedure.
0: So, and 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 here's the thing: I, I can speak to people close to me um, who have had a number of bypass surgeries. Yeah, oftentimes it's not just one. It's yeah. Wow. Yeah. Think about that for mm-hmm. a second. And as the obesity epidemic continues to get worse in this country sadly i expect that those costs are just going to continue to go up
2: yeah they're actually expected to double by the year 2030 wow that's not very long from now wow yeah
0: no yeah no just a few short years Mm -hmm. you said kale can help prevent heart disease heck yeah I i mean no really if if really a lot of this is tied to diet how preventable is this well um,
2: some research published in the journal, the Annals of Internal Medicine, estimated that about half of all deaths from heart disease for adults aged 45 to 79 are preventable. So half of them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And again, 45 to 79, like those are ages. That, that's an age range where I think most of us still want to be alive and kicking and doing our
0: thing. Half. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. w- I want to paint a picture here for a second. Right. Half. Say, okay, the Super Bowl was just a few weeks ago, right mm-hmm. I think 70,000 people got into the stadium to watch that right into, into the, uh, the new dome down there in Atlanta. If every one of them had heart disease, right, that stadium automatically take 35,000, take half of those people out there and take just visualize for a second one side of the stadium completely full, the other side of the stadium completely empty. Think about that. That's a huge difference. Yeah, huge. That's really,
2: it's really upsetting to think about. And the way they determined that was looking at the top five modifiable risk factors. So if people had healthy cholesterol levels, they did not have diabetes, they didn't have high blood pressure, they were a healthy weight, and didn't smoke. Those were the five pieces. And if those five things were in place, we could likely eliminate half of all heart disease deaths. Wow. I know. Completely I know.
0: modifiable. Yeah. Smoking, 100% yep you know,
2: yep. Yeah. Those are all. You, those you aren't your genes. Yeah. Those aren't things you can't control. Those are the things that are well within our control.
0: The thing that is most in our control, but a number of us, many of us, most of us, are completely mm. out of control with, is the diet. Though. Yeah. And America is obsessed with all things fried.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally boiling something in oil. That just sounds like torture, doesn't it?
0: Oh well, when you put it like that, yeah, I don't can think torture of your food. More pleasant things. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't torture your food. No. Uh, Pro tip from it's, a dietitian. It's not even worth it. Like I remember before I went plant based and 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 cut oil out of my diet. I remember frying things on the stove and like that would even hurt because that that oil would oh, pop yeah. out of the pan and like come. There's in. a
2: reason they have little screens and stuff to yeah. try and protect you. It's
0: it's it's brutal. Yeah, that's nasty yeah. stuff
2: hurts, and it makes your
0: kitchen all gnarly, too. Uh, So, yeah, uh, on top of the blisters, you're paying a a bigger (laughs) price there as well. I mean, I'm sure people have studied specifically the effect that fried food has on your risk of developing heart disease, having a heart attack.
2: As a matter of fact, they have. I know you're surprise, surprised by surprise. that. Can I tell you about it? By all means. All right. Excellent. So fried foods, they might taste kind of good, but they can increase your risk for heart disease by as much as 68%. Good Lord. Um, that was according to an abstract presented by some Harvard researchers. They basically followed the diets of more than 15,000 doctors who were part of the physician's health study. They followed them for about three years. They found that those that ate fried foods up to three times a week saw an 18% increased risk for heart disease. Uh, That jumped up to 25% increased risk for heart disease if they ate fried foods four to six times per week. So not even every day. Not even every day. And then if they're eating fried foods every day or more often, say maybe more than once a day, 68% increase. And with all due, who think – I mean, so many people go through the drive-thru every day. They're grabbing their fries. They have chicken nuggets at dinner. They're feeding chicken nuggets to their kids. I mean, this is just – Unfortunately, it's the American way. And I hate to say this, but I think it might be killing us. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and, and think about this. You know, I remember when I was still overweight, days when I would try to eat healthy, I would go to Subway and I would think I'd be doing better getting a, a sandwich there. Okay, live and learn. But I would always get the chips with it, right? Right, yeah. And so to me, like that's still a fried food, but is it that is. a lesser evil than french fries? I don't know. Yeah,
2: most people don't actually think about that. Potato chips are deep fried. Yeah. That's what makes them crispy. So are tortilla chips. Unless you buy the baked ones, they are crispy because they are boiled
0: in oil. Right. Yep. By the by, air fryers? Yeah. Amazing Yeah, inventions. they really are pretty great. Uh, they,
2: it was actually a patient that informed me that I should try doing veggie burgers in the air fryer. So that's a game changer. So tasty.
0: You, you know what my wife got me for, for Christmas? Tell me. Oh, a beautiful, wonderful air fryer that is just amazing. No. And, and Julie and I have been having great fun with this.
2: They are a blast. Yeah. They really are. Oil-free. Yeah. yeah. Cuts all that risk right out. But still nice and crispy on the outside. And no splattering. Yeah, mm.
0: exactly. Your skin will thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So that's fried food, but, again, modifiable. Say somebody makes the leap, goes 100% plant-based. Take all of those other factors, the modifiable factors that we were talking about, like smoking and things like that. Take that out of the equation. Focus specifically on a plant-based diet. How much, then, can a plant-based diet lower the risk of heart disease.
2: Okay, so this is conservative because this was a, a a review published by researchers right here at the Physicians Committee and they published it in 2018 and they were looking at both vegetarian and vegan diets, especially vegan, but both together. So this again is a little more conservative because they're also lumping in vegetarian diets. Mm-hmm. 40% decrease in risk. 40. Yep. Vegetarian and vegan diets looking at multiple clinical trials and observational studies. And they found, and I'm going to quote this, strong and consistent evidence that these plant-based dietary patterns um, can re- not only reduce the risk of heart disease, but can actually reverse it in some cases. So that's amazing because you always think of heart disease as a thing that starts really when people are young, gets worse and worse and worse. And then you get a heart attack or you have a stroke or all these other events that nobody really wants to have, but it turns out for some people, a plant-based diet... Might actually help reverse it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, have Have you worked with with patients? Or, uh, you know, I'm sure that you've heard of some, but have you ever had the opportunity to work with somebody that's really improved their cardiac health after making the switch?
2: I mean, certainly in terms of improving their cholesterol, there's just <laughs> there's nothing like a low fat, whole food, plant based diet to bring cholesterols down in a jiffy. Cholesterols, <laughs> cholesterol levels. I get so excited I you were going like street cred. <laughs> cholesterols. cholesterols. That's with a Z at the end. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. We're hip here. I love it. Come
0: the on, with the Z. God, that's the family nobody wants to live next to.
2: Oh. Uh, <laughs> I take a second, but I get there. Yeah. Um,
0: the American Heart Association they put out their own recommendation for a diet, right, uh, for improving your cardiac health, but that is not vegan it's not vegetarian so i'm wondering like if you compare the two where do they stack up
2: yeah the irony is that the the american heart association itself recently published a study in their own uh, i believe it was in the journal of the american heart association but it basically saying that a vegan diet worked better than the american heart association recommended diet for heart disease prevention wow I know. So this so hear me out because they ran a randomized controlled trial. That's a sort of gold standard mm-hmm. among in nutrition and medicine in general and research. They took 100 participants and they randomly assigned them to either follow a, you know, completely vegan diet, so no meat, eggs, dairy, fish, even fish, none of that. All the animal products off the table, or an American Heart Association recommended diet, which is fewer servings of non-fish animal protein. So less meat less chicken, and more fish, and then only low or no fat dairy. Wow. So there are these two groups. They put it on one or the other of these diets at random for eight weeks, and their primary endpoint, because most people aren't going to have a heart attack in eight weeks, you hope that's not a thing that's going to happen, was a marker for inflammation called high-sensitivity C-reactive protein, Mm. or CRP. It's a pretty common lab test, and inflammation is part of the atherosclerosis process or the process of plaque building up in arteries. And what they found was that there were improvements... In both groups, but significantly more improvement in the vegan group than in the American Heart Association group. So basically, the conclusion was that a vegan diet is something that should be considered to help avoid adverse outcomes against heart attack, stroke, those kinds of things among heart disease patients. And
0: that organization does phenomenal work. You know, I've had the opportunity to speak with a number of their high-ranking executives, Dr. Williams, the the former head over there, plant-based, met him at the uh, ICNM conference. Uh, our own conference. Oh, yeah. He's he's a he, great guy. He is phenomenal and just a wealth of knowledge. And so you would think that as guys at that level of the organization, cardiologists. Right. On that tier. Right. Adopt this diet. Yeah. That, they got to be passing that that information down to their patients as well i sure hope so there'll be a nice trickle-down effect
2: well yeah the data is just really compelling when it comes to heart disease just there's just in my opinion there's no contest in terms of the diet style that has the best outcomes but Mm. you know Mm. just saying Mm
0: -hmm. yep talked about blood pressure Earlier in the show, I promised to uh, circle back. We put a pin in it for a second. Yes. Let's take the pin out. Let's, Let's talk do. about this Uh blood pressure. What is it? Why is it bad? Let's start right.
2: There. I know everyone knows it's bad, right? Oh, right. high blood pressure, not a good thing. So basically, inflammatory, meaty, kind of high-fat diets—they raise cholesterol levels. They raise your bad cholesterol. Cholesterol collects in the walls of your blood vessels. It doesn't just hang out there. It gets oxidized. It gets inflamed. Your immune system kind of goes after it. Um, and basically, it injures the walls of your blood vessels. Hmm. They get narrow because they've got these buildups. They've got inflammation. They start to get stiff, so they can't flex and, and relax and tighten when they need to. So basically, you can't get as much blood flow anywhere in your body, as you guys just discussed a little earlier. Right um It makes your heart have to pump harder because if you've ever taken a garden hose and put your thumb over the end, because you're basically narrowing the end, you can see that the pressure builds up in the hose Mm -hmm. behind that. Um, And that high pressure inside your blood vessels can cause damage throughout the body. So, really vulnerable places. Clearly, I mean the arteries that feed your heart, but also those tiny blood vessels in your brain. So, things like vascular dementia can result um, in your kidneys. You can get kidney damage if you have high blood pressure long term. And in your retina. So that little screen, you know, in the back of your eyes, the blood vessels there are really delicate. And if you have high blood pressure for a long time, you can cause eye problems too. So really important to make sure that your blood
0: pressure is in a good place. I did not know that it could lead to dementia and eye issues. Yeah, that's it,
2: it contributes. Certainly. Wow.
0: Yep. Who knew?
2: Yeah. So healthy blood pressure. That's Let's that's do this. That's what I love about the show. <laughs> you,
0: you learn something every single time you're in here. Jokes aside. Like I love the You take field, to I tell school. Like it, is, it is phenomenal. <laughs>
2: that sounds kind of boring, Chuck. Sorry. <laughs> <and> Professor
0: Crosby <laughs> across the table. I love it. Um, so I would assume then foods that would raise your blood pressure, get that elevated, are foods found in the standard American diet. We Correct. talked about fried foods yep. and the drive-thrus and sandwiches. High-saturated fats, yeah.
2: salty stuff. Yeah, all that stuff. Refined things, all those things. That's the bad. Yeah, that's the bad. I want
0: to focus on the good. Let's do. What foods can lower the blood pressure? On? So...
2: I think this will be no surprise to anyone that whole plant foods are awesome. High fiber whole plant foods are great because they can help lower cholesterol. Plug plug. I did actually have someone come into the clinic and say, "You know, your Twitter handle at veggie underscore quest. No, it should be at fiber lady." I'm not saying I don't know. There probably already is an at Fiber Lady, but that cracked me up, and I was like, you know what?
0: I think you're right. We can check. I'll check that right now. Keep talking. <laughs> okay.
2: We don't need to. We don't need to Google and that. And By the way,
0: that would be a uh, another oh. patient who came in because you were on the podcast. It
2: could have been one of the two. I'm Do just not, saying. No,
0: no, <laughs> just, no. just you kidding.
2: World
1: famously. Crazy.
2: All right. So in in addition to just whole plant foods, those that are high in potassium are especially beneficial. Now. Why is that? Do you know why that is?
0: I couldn't tell you.
2: All right. So potassium actually helps your blood vessels to relax, and that can increase blood flow where it's needed. So if you're running, it can increase blood flow to your muscles. If your heart's pumping, it can increase blood flow there. So foods that are high in potassium, great for heart health on that
0: front. Outstanding. Yeah. Uh,
2: Should well, we talk about
0: some? Yeah, but quick. At Fiber Lady on yes. Twitter taken
2: oh i'm crushed
0: they haven't tweeted in 10 years really i kid you not <laughs> they why
2: march but 3rd why?
0: 2009 their last tweet why and, uh, have they
2: not tweeted since
0: trying to fix an error that's all they said
2: don't they know how great fiber is uh, all right at fiber lady wherever you are you need to come up pick up the pace here they have 10 followers though
0: Ten. <laughs> so they must be doing something right
2: maybe <laughs> okay. uh, so moving on uh potassium packed foods what are they let's do it um again these are no surprise Your produce aisle is your friend. So go play in the produce aisle. You really can't go wrong. It's all going to be rich in potassium. But adequate intake for adults on potassium, 4,700 milligrams per day. Mm. A little higher for women who are pregnant and breastfeeding. Um, Tomato products, huge, high in potassium, one cup of like a tomato sauce, 2,600 milligrams of potassium, give or take. And remember, you only need 4,700. So you're already halfway there. If You have some, you know, tomato sauce on your pasta.
0: Good job. <laughs> I I potassium I always go right to the banana and for whatever reason my brain has blocked out other potassium rich foods. So.
2: people do and it, it is pretty high. It's got 422 milligrams of potassium in a medium banana. So that's about 10%. A little less than 10% of what you it's need. Way
0: less than the tomato. It
2: is. It really is. Wow. I know. I mean, I love bananas, don't get me wrong.
0: A banana doesn't have lycopene either.
2: It does not and tomatoes do. We're going we're going to talk about that. Ooh, what? All right. So but also things like bok choy Figs. I don't know if you're a fig person, but, oh, man, I've, figs. I've enjoyed a Newton. <laughs> but also, you can just get them dried. And if they're in the store fresh, they cost a little too much. But, wow, are they delicious. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Tasty if you've never had a fresh that. fig, yeah, you heard mm-hmm. it here first. Go get some. They are amazing. Um, Brussels sprouts, 495 milligrams. Big in a cup of, of those. sprouts. So good. Mango, 564 milligrams. It. Yeah, right. Um, winter squash, sweet potatoes. You know I love me a sweet potato. Who doesn't? More... Potassium than a banana. How about yep. that? Medium right. sweet potato, 438. That wow. banana just sitting there at 422 milligrams. Dang just saying. On. Lentils, also great. And of course, kale, because dark leafy greens can sure. do anything. Sure. But 329 milligrams. So a little less than a banana. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well. I think I kind of want to have me some pasta for dinner after looking at that.
2: I know, right? Have some mango mango and banana for dessert. Mm-hmm. Get a little smoothie going on. You, you could know. do some nice cream. That
0: would be good. I Just can't saying. tell you how many people uh, that I follow, plant-based people, seem to be obsessed with mangoes for whatever reason. So many. They're so
2: good. They're so versatile. They're the basis of most of my smoothies. Green I'm, smoothies, so good with mango. Uh,
0: there there has been a guy who's been on this podcast. I won't drop his name. Won't such to? a such a mango really? That like he gets giddy when you know say, oh. okay, <laughs> yep. You know he he can tell you when a, a specific grower mm-hmm. is releasing their mangoes for the season, and he go to the store now. Kent has just released their mangoes <laughs> for the year. He's on a first name basis with them, really. I mean it's it's really. I'm like, yeah, that's a mango. I think I know of whom you speak. Do you know? <laughs> but- Really into mangoes. uh, He's a mango guy. Yeah. And God bless him. Yeah. I mean, mangoes help turn his life around. So I'm mad at him. Love it. Go with the mango. (laughs) Uh, So that's specific to blood pressure, though. Let's talk about foods that overall can lower the risk of heart disease.
2: Let's do it. So, it is heart health month. So we're going to start with the red foods. Wow. Come on, we got to do it. So and look at you, you got the red shirt on today and everything. Had to you dressed for the occasion. Thank you. All right. So, red lentils and kidney beans. Again, we're coming back to fiber, my favorite. Shocker. Right. So we all know that beans have soluble fiber. What does that do? It scrubs.
0: It makes a. It, solu- it goes in and then it takes the bad stuff and it pushes it out. <laughs> That's actually the insoluble, but we'll no, go with that. No, it goes into the <laughs> blood system and it pushes. It, it helps get the cholesterol out, does it not? It does. <laughs>
2: I don't even know where to start. Why, yes, it does. It acts like a little sponge. It soaks up the cholesterol. I see. You see the sponge metaphor. It it kind of took you sideways. But then the insoluble fiber, also in beans, comes and scrubs all that out. So you have the thing that soaks it up. It's like the sponge. And then the little scrubber is the insoluble fiber in that whisks it out of the GI tract and out of your body. See, I, yep. I knew. You got it. You got this. Nailed it. How Al cold. All right. So a cup of red lentils, 18 grams of protein, a cup of cooked kidney beans, 15 grams of protein. Mm. So on top of all that great fiber, you're getting all kinds of other stuff, too.
0: I've never been able to taste a difference between red lentils and green lentils and brown lentils.
2: Now, this... Red lentils is—they are a little less of a grassy flavor, but I don't know if I'm just making that up because they're red, and the other two are brown and green. I wonder I've if it's in my never head. Heard that. I'm just I don't saying. Know. I'm just saying, That's, especially the green ones. I feel like they have a little bit of a grassy, kind of quinoa flavor going on. I'm going to put that one out to the listeners. All right, yeah, Do listeners. You know?
0: All right. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave the comment below. If you're not, if you're just hearing us podcast style, uh, tweet at Chuck Carroll WLC. Carroll with two R's, two L's, WLC, standing for Weight Loss Champion. You know the spiel. And at Veggie underscore Quest. That's we right. want to know. Can you tell? That's right. Taste test. Lentil style.
2: <laughs> Is there a difference? green versus red we're going to find out
0: is the red less grassy
2: <laughs> that is correct let's find out it's going to be interesting feedback all what right she got there we got tomatoes we talked about the potassium side so mm-hmm. they kind of win they are the potassium champion
0: yes they are at potassium champion by a um,
2: <laughs> that's right high in lycopene also now that is not just a phytonutrient that can ha- help protect against prostate cancer which i think a lot of people would think of you think lycopene Prostate health. If you don't, you should. Um, it also can help protect against breast cancer, skin cancer, and maybe even lower the risk of heart attack. Wow. So, tomatoes, also really high in vitamin C, rich in potassium. So, there you go. I like it. And they combine really well with red beans and red lentils. Huh. Just How saying.
0: Yep. Covers up that grassy taste.
2: <laughs> uh, I like the grassy taste.
0: <laughs> uh, here's uh, next on your list. Uh, I-, I got a sneak peek at the list here, so I'm just going to spoil it. Uh-huh. Beets.
1: I'm all my surprises. Okay. At Trader
0: Joe's, I found a bag of dehydrated beets. Oh, are they uh, let good? Me, let me tell you something. Just dehydrated? Uh, just straight up, dehydrated beets. So good. I'm a little skeptical, Chuck. No, I have to don't say. Be, don't be skeptical. <laughs> all Do right. Do not be skeptical. <laughs> okay. Try
2: it. They don't have a little kind of earthy flavor going on?
0: No, they taste. Gone from squeaky.
2: grassy to earthy? All right.
0: It's not, it, it's not a lentil. It doesn't taste grassy. <laughs> It tastes delicious.
2: All right. So Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Dehydrated beet chips. Dehydrated beet chips. Are they crispy?
0: They are. They're dehydrated. And
2: yet not deep fried. Oh, I got that.
0: No, definitely.
2: You can good. get crispy without deep fried. You heard it here first.
0: Yeah. You know what? Julie got me the air fryer. I can probably do that at home myself now.
2: All right. Yeah. Report back. Deal. <laughs> Love it. Deal. All right. Beets. Why are they so great for heart health? They are rich in something called betaine. Beet. Bet-ain. Betaine. That actually helps... Just help the people remember, Chuck. (laughs) Lowers homocysteine. Homocysteine is a amino acid sort of metabolite in your blood that is linked to increased risk. Are are
0: you okay over there? I don't know why that struck
2: my (laughs) funny bone. (laughs) Apparently it did. Um, You can roast beets. They are awesome in hummus. They turn it the most beautiful kind of pink, purple, rich color. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also can help boost endurance and muscle recovery. They are high in a healthy form of dietary nitrate, which gets confirmed to confirmed converted to nitric oxide in your body, and that can help blood vessels to
0: relax. Well, keep that in mind if yep. you're an athlete.
2: I know. That's Fun fact. Yeah,
0: pretty cool. All right. Uh, Beat hummus. That's good stuff. Yep. Uh, your colleagues, um, Susan Susan Levin, she was on uh, the local ABC affiliate a couple of weeks ago, and one of the dishes she brought in that day was roasted. Red beet hummus.
2: Oh, excellent. You know who makes a great beet hummus? Who does? Dr. Jim Loomis. Does he? Right here at Barnard Medical Center. Yep. Jim? Yep.
0: Mm. Yep. I'm going to email him. Is he (laughs) in town? I don't know. I don't know. I think so. All right. Well, we're going to find out. Yep. If he is, he owes me hummus. (laughs) Uh, What else you got? Sorry, Dr. Loomis.
2: Uh, We got got red grapes, anti inflammatory, and resveratrol. People think about that in red wine, but as you know, the alcohol in wine has some not so great health effects. Yeah. Um, also, antioxidants in the skin of red grapes can help boost heart health. They are also really hydrating grapes. Yeah. The about 80% water
0: yeah. and the green ones. How about that? Yeah, the red ones are prettier, though. Which one has a more grassy flavor?
2: Huh? All right, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving on. Uh, grapes frozen are a really great dessert. Aren't they? Can I say they're a grape dessert? Heck.
0: <laughs> and they match your blazer, too. So
2: punny. I know, right? Yeah. And then my personal favorite, Strawberries. Yes. In the overnight oats every morning. I tell you, it's so good. If I'm not doing the blueberries in the oatmeal, it's strawberry overnight oats. 141% of your vitamin C in one cup of whole strawberries. Get out of town. Yep. And that can actually help you absorb the iron in your lentils and your kidney beans that's a little fun Isn't fact. That funny i
0: don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people equate strawberries with uh, being a, a vitamin c power
2: yeah they think oranges right it's like bananas and potassium right. but strawberries are pretty great kiwis too for vitamin c really fun no. fact yeah How about that super high in pota- uh, vitamin c I my didn't. brain's on potassium it, well, it's okay we were <laughs> talking about
0: it uh, that's right very interesting Strawberries, Yeah. Who doesn't like a good strawberry?
2: I know. And for Valentine's Day, they usually dip it in the whole lots of chocolate with the yeah. saturated fat. You can just uh, dip in a mix of cocoa powder and powdered sugar. Still really good. Hmm. Yep. Okay. That is my trick
0: at home. How about that? Because chocolate. Because chocolate what was the question yeah exactly uh i I have a show coming up uh, pretty soon about food addiction hey now i believe uh, it will be the next episode don't you come after my chocolate i mean you know dr barnard and i are gonna have to touch on that
2: it's all right this is cocoa powder listen all right flavanols fiber iron
0: Mm. i'll
2: go head to head on the cocoa powder
0: cocoa Cocoa powder (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just, just, just the, just the powder. Just the powder. Just the powder. Yep. Uh, what about leafy greens?
2: I had to tack those on. They're not red, but they are close to my heart. Ho ho tie in. They have potassium. They've also got magnesium and calcium. All that for healthy blood pressure. And you know what we mentioned with beets having some of this healthy dietary nitrate. We also see that in green leafy vegetables. Now, this is totally different in terms of the health effects than the nitrates that you find in things like processed meat, which form carcinogenic nitrosamines in your body. From green leafies, you are getting nitric oxide, which helps blood vessels to dilate, to relax, which again, we looked at in terms of athletic recovery, but also in terms of Lowering your blood pressure Wow Yeah wow. Pretty great, right? Look at that Yeah, dark leafy greens Good for what ails you I'm
0: telling you Yeah they, they, Man, I, I think um, I heard once Some doctors say Like if you eat nothing else in life Make sure it's a dark leafy green That's going to give you the most bang For your nutrition buck
2: I concur with that assessment yeah. Absolutely yeah. What's, yep. your, what's your favorite? Oh, collard greens are right up there Arugula and a salad. Ooh, this is hard. I like them all.
0: Collard greens are up there.
2: Collard greens, and they're so rich in calcium. That's really absorbable. Mm. So fun fact there. Again, you can shred them into little ribbons, put them in a soup. You can cook them with your pasta noodles, all that's that stuff. I just
0: like them boiled down with a little bit of vinegar on it. You can do yeah, that. that. That's the southern smoked I mean. paprika, also, Ooh. or liquid smoke either yeah. one. So good. Yeah, my yep. family was big on collard green. I mean, southern family, what do right. you do? Yeah, um, but they always put you know ham hock in there. We're, we're yeah, not you just do, do the
2: smoked paprika. You get yeah. that same little vibe. It's a little tiny pinch. Of salt, if you want, although sometimes it, you've already got a salty vibe with collard greens, yeah. some of those cruciferous vegetables. Really don't Spinach also has a lot of natural yeah. salt, so yeah. you don't really need to. Yeah. Have
0: you done the, the collards and, and vinegar
2: before? I've shaken a little, I usually just shake it on the top. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It helps cut the bitter flavor. That's why people use them on greens. Fun ah. fact so mustard greens, turnip greens, all that, the whole southern, you shake a little vinegar on it. Yeah. Makes it taste less
0: bitter, mm. more delicious. Mm. I also used to put vinegar on french fries back in the That's day. That's all you, man. No, it's not. <laughs> nope, it's all you. That, no, they used to have, like, I used to go for the gourmet fries, too. And, uh. and they used to have a, a big old thing of vinegar nope. right there for you to, nope. they even had it in my schools growing up. No, nope, thank you. Again, that might have been a Southern thing. Yeah, that's got to be. I wouldn't touch, fr- touch French fries now with a 10-foot pole because that's a trigger food for me. We'll right. We'll be talking about that next week, food addiction, hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm telling you, like vinegar, that must be like one of those sneaky, sneakily popular southern condiments.
2: Well, it is in ketchup, so if you think about that, mm-hmm. I'll give you that. But on its own,
0: ooh, I don't know. You know what else mm-hmm. is in ketchup? Tomatoes. What? Yeah. Yeah. How's your potential? True story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, lycopene. And lycopene. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm. Thank you for your time. You, you are bet. always just a wealth of information. <laughs> a wealth of something. You, nah. <laughs> Shenanigans and information. <laughs> yes. That's what we aim to bring you. Correct. Here at the, uh, you will get both of those. Examiner. <laughs> uh, so, people, uh, she is real. I promise I you. Am. She is not just somebody you're watching on your phone or hearing on your uh, through your earbuds. Lee Crosby, you can, I can reach across the table and I can pitch her. Please don't. I won't. <laughs> Thank you. But what I'm saying is, you are very real, and you I'm are am For appointments and things upstairs at the Barnard, that Medical is Center. correct.
2: Yeah, yeah. We could bring my patients who learned about me from the podcast from two to three. I <laughs> I'm just
0: giving we're you a hard inflate time. Inflate those. <laughs> I honestly thought that it was more.
2: I think it probably is more. I, I think th- those I th- are the I ones don't... that that stand out in the last few. weeks. I
0: swear, you told me like a few months ago. You got oh the no, thing. these are the ones from the la- like the last month or so. Yeah, like I'm <laughs> t- we've been doing this podcast for a, more, oh, a year now. Yeah. Yeah. Is it
2: really? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I missed
0: I missed the exam room's birthday? We didn't really celebrate. Oh, man. Maybe we should. Yeah, but we like definitely it. should. Yeah. I love that. Or we'll just have a big second birthday. There you go. Yeah. I yeah. like it. Uh, all right, so check it out. To make an appointment, that's barnardmedical.org, or pick up the phone if you want to do it old school, 202-527-7500. Again, 202-527-7500. Make a, make a call. Do it. Go sit down with Lee You it's will analyze the heck out of somebody's diet Won't you? Yeah and
2: we'll find some solutions for them For whatever is causing them issues I love it. Yeah.
0: Definitely help lower the risk of Heart disease if that's, for sure. if that's on the table For sure. I mean here's the thing Here's the beauty of why I love Working with Lee in all seriousness Like shenanigans and, and things aside It doesn't matter where you are In terms of your health If you walk through that door into the Clinic upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center They will be able to help you Let's do it. In some way, shape, or form, they will be able to help you.
2: That is why we are there.
0: Absolutely. Yep.
2: And you take insurance. And we take insurance. Yeah. Most major
0: insurances accept it. That's right. <laughs> uh two oh two five two seven seventy five hundred or barnardmedical.org. dot org. Uh you are on the tweet I am. at At veggie underscore quest there you go at veggie quest and the show is at pcrm uh you're also on the gram instagram
2: i am i don't have my handle memorized
0: veggie quest (laughs) there you go i got it i love that you know it and i've been on
2: the show so many times plus you're a must follow it's like how many people don't know their own phone number i feel like that's where it is Mm. like how often do you have to dial yourself you don't Mm. no one dials anyone anymore do they uh, oh boy dating
0: myself here okay yep it took me so long to memorize my wife's phone number she they, still doesn't know mine because they're just in your phone yeah you just free you it's julie right Man. it's done Man. yeah i used to have this tremendous rolodex in my brain <laughs> oh rolodex. i did too let me just date myself with the. yeah
2: <laughs> oh wow look you are back in the, the files lines. yeah uh you yeah. can look it up in your in your card catalog at the library yeah great
0: all right well uh happy heart health month uh thank you for bringing all of that well. to the table that was phenomenal you done love it when Lee is on the show I say it every single time she's here it's because she she just gets it you know what I mean and I wasn't joking when I said that you need to make an appointment to go see her because she is as advertised she's smart she's funny and she wants to help. so if you are in the DC area I say this with all seriousness. Please make an appointment to go see her at the Barnard Medical Center. Treat your heart right. Treat your health right. Get your body right. Just go visit with Lee. It will be an incredible appointment. She, She goes over your diet, man. She goes over that thing with a fine tooth comb. You will not leave disappointed. What an amazing show today, and we could not have done it without the help of the delicious plant-based treeline tree tree nut cheese. It's available at Whole Foods, Kroger, and fine stores everywhere. Visit treelinecheese.com to learn more. And if you would like to learn more about erectile dysfunction or heart disease, want to whip your heart or your bedroom back into shape, hey now, head over to PCRM.org. Just click on health topics right at the top of the page. All of the research and the tips you'll need, they are right there at your fingertips. What foods should you be eating? Which ones should you be avoiding? All of the latest studies, just a tremendous resource all over at pcrm.org. Plus, hey, if you want to check out any of the studies that we mentioned on the show today, I've put up a link to all of them on our podcast show page. Go over there directly, pcrm.org slash podcast. That's where you can find all of that good stuff. Uh, real quick before we get out of here, social media plugs, very important. Uh, on Twitter, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, Carroll, two R's, two L's, WLC standing for weight loss champion and the show itself and the physicians committee at PCRM also on Instagram equally as important at Chuck Carroll WLC as well. And a little bit different here for the show and the physicians committee there. It's at physicians committee on Instagram. So don't mix up the two at PCRM for Twitter and at physicians committee for the gram. And I'm at Chuck Carroll WLC brand consistent on both platforms. Thank you so very, very, very much for listening today. If you think that you've learned something and you want to pass this along to a friend or a family member, a colleague, just anybody who you think might find it interesting, please, we encourage you to do so. That's what the show is all about. It's about helping people live healthier lives, improving their quality of life and, you know, maybe have a few giggles along the way share the show we would appreciate it for everyone here at the physicians committee i am the weight loss champion chuck carroll reminding you that fruits and veggies they are your friend so keep it plant-based thanks for listening everybody